Welcome back to Beyond the Uniform. I'm Justin Asiri. Normally on the show, we interview veterans about their civilian career, what they did, how they got there, and advice to others doing the same. Uh, today is a alternate format. Uh, I'm going to be doing a book review about a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. Um, recently read this book, loved it. I thought it was so applicable to anyone um, aspiring to leadership in a company as well as anyone seeking to start a company. So I'll just be sharing some quick thoughts on some of my primary takeaways. Um, first background, it, it is a best-selling book. Uh, it's by an author named Vern Harnish. Uh, the back of this book that I'm holding in my hand says, Vern Harnish is a serial entrepreneur, advisor, and venture investor, brings to business leaders the fundamentals that produce real wealth. The same habits that typified the second stage of the oil industry where, when John D. Rockefeller's disciplined approach to business replaced the helter-skelter approach of the original pioneering speculators. Founder of the Entrepreneurs' Organization, or EO, and founder and CEO of Gazelles, Inc., a global executive education, coaching, and technology firm, Vern is a regular columnist for Fortune Magazine and the author of multiple award-winning books, Scaling Up and the Greatest Business Decisions of All Times. Um, I got this book rec from a recent uh, guest on the show. I'm going to check out all of Vern's books. I loved it. I thought it was extremely efficient. I, I'm not a fan of those business books or any book that is just takes five pages to convey one page of information. So I found this incredibly efficient. Um, I will say that the book is tiered more towards, let's say, companies with 20 or 50 or more employees than, you know, my current company is less than that. And so I still learned a ton. Most of it, a lot of it aspirational of the organization I hope to build with my current company. But uh, just a note for those of you who might be in very small organizations, a lot of the lessons may not be applicable. But I just went through the underlinings that I had in this book, and there's many, and I'm putting together a LinkedIn post on my top 10. Um, I just wanted to read through the top 17 that I had. And I think this will give you a good outline of what the book looks like and some of the themes. But I'm trying to be as concise as possible. So in chronological order, not in order of importance, here are 17 of my takeaways. Number one, all it takes to make growing your business both fun and profitable at each and every stage of its life is the discipline to find the right tools and implement them. And, and that's one of the things I loved about this book. Sometimes for me, growing a team or a company feels like magic. And what I appreciate about Vern is his, you know, in his 20 years of working with extremely high growth companies, he's spotted trends, he's found tools. And the premise that I took away is like, man, just implement tools and it's it's it makes everything easier you don't have to reinvent the wheel yourself and in particular for our military veteran audience who might not have as as much corporate experience as our peers i hope this is reassuring because i think we're really good at following systems and implementing them number two if you can't afford the people to run the business for you then all you have is a job not a business that's such great advice for anyone aspiring to entrepreneurship. You don't want to work so hard just to, to build a job that, uh, that doesn't give you the lifestyle you're looking for. Number three, the ultimate goal of imposing structure and in instituting systems is predictability. 
unless a company has the ability to determine where it is today and project where it's going to be this week, this month, this quarter, and this year, it's not on a trajectory for growth. It might not even be on track for survival. I love that. It's um, I love how he's distilling the point of any growing business is predictable revenue. And as someone who started many companies, it's so hard to predict revenue. And I think that he makes a strong case not only for why to do that, but for how to do that. Number four, getting others to do something as good or better than yourself is one of the hardest aspects of leadership, but necessary if you're going to grow the business. Number five, the fundamental journey of growing, business, of growing a business is to create a predictable engine for generating wealth as it creates products and services that satisfy customer needs and creates an environment that attracts top talent. I think that's such a geniusly constructed sentence. Let me just read that one more time. The fundamental journey of growing a business is to create a predictable engine for generating wealth as it creates products and services that satisfy customer needs and creates an environment that attracts top talent. That's pretty exemplary of the incredibly concise yet powerful wisdom in this book. Number six, the three basic decisions an executive team must make are, do we have the right people? Are we doing the right things? And are we doing those things right? (laughs) I just want to read that again for myself too. The three basic decisions an executive team must make are, do we have the right people? Are we doing the right things? Are we doing those things right? Number seven, a vision is a dream with a plan. Number eight, as a leader, have a few rules, repeat yourself, and be consistent. And I just want to call out that that's something I saw in the military You know, especially when we'd have a change of command, a new CEO would come in, you know, they'd have three rules. And I've just found as a leader, whatever I think I have to say, I need to repeat it a thousand times more to get it across. Like people just don't, don't absorb things. You have to be consistent repeating these themes. And he does a great job of talking about this with company goals and priorities and metrics, really being concise and consistent in repeating these things. Number nine, I think people need to know where they're going and they want to know when they've arrived. It's a great piece of advice around motivating a team. 10, to reduce your costs, shorten your cycle time, and generally improve your internal working environment. You need to systematically gather data on what's hassling your employees and then do something about it. And because your employees are often closest to the customer, their hassles are usually related to what's hassling your customers, giving you tremendous insight into ways to serve your customers better. Their hassles are your opportunities. Number 11, kind of building on this, to get started, ask your employees, one, what should we start doing? Two, what should we stop doing? Three, what should we continue doing? I love personally that framework for all aspects of leadership. It's so concise and it covers all of the bases. What do we want to start doing, stop doing, and continue doing? That kind of gives enough room for people to give specific and actionable feedback. Number 12, at the heart of executive team performance is a rhythm 
of tightly run daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual hurdles and um, annual huddles and meetings, all of which happen as scheduled without fail with specific agendas. That's a whole chapter in the book is exactly what that agenda should look like, who should be there. I loved it. It makes a strong case for daily stand-ups, weekly meetings. I just love the prescriptive nature of how to run those meetings. I wish I would have known that 10 years ago. Number 13, in the 19 years I've spent working with growing companies, the predictable winners are those who have established a rhythm and a routine of having meetings. Um, he, he talks about this in the book, but it's it's great because I hate meetings. And I think a lot of cultures I've been a part of have avoided meetings. The point here is to have the right meetings consistently and hold them in a way that's so efficient that it's not detracting and it, and it will lead to other uh, less meetings of, of low productivity. Number 14, casual encounters fail to take advantage of the three most powerful tools a leader has in getting team performance, peer pressure, collective intelligence, and clear communication. For context there, he's espousing that as a leader, you meet with your key executives as a group on a daily basis where people check in with where they're at. And one of the things he he goes on to talk about is that, you know, one-on-one people can give excuses, but when you're in a group, it's harder to give those excuses credibly. And if you're consistently giving excuses, it's very apparent to the team that you're not pulling your weight. So I really like that aspect of of, uh, what I would consider positive peer pressure. Number 15, applying energy anywhere but the sticking point or bottleneck is a waste. Number 16, busy, uh, this 16 kind of builds on that casual encounter that the peer pressure thing. So he says, um, busy, productive people who are doing anything of consequence get stuck pretty regularly. The only people who don't get stuck are those who aren't doing anything. So scrutinize the executive who reports everything is fine. Um, that's, that's related to part of this daily meeting is everyone in the group has to say if there's any bottlenecks in their work. And and I like this point that like, man, if you are really working hard, you're going to hit bottlenecks and you need to announce that to the group and get assistance. And if you're not, then it's an it's a, it's a indication you're not charging hard enough. And if someone's consistently not reporting that there's bottlenecks, you know, it's room for further investigation as a leader. Lastly, number 17, you've got to look for the bottlenecks or choke points. There's always one or two and figure out the strategy to blow them up or neutralize their threat. Um, Again, there's so many things to do in a high-growth company. I like this sense of simplifying it to look for the bottleneck, solve it. Look for the next bottleneck, solve it. You don't have to do everything. You need to be adept at finding the most pronounced bottlenecks or choke points in in your company, solving those, and then moving on. So the book, again, is called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits, What You Must Do to Increase the Value of Your Growing Firm. It's by Vern Harnish. I'm going to check out his other books. As I do, I will um, try to do my best to do a summary here as well as on LinkedIn if you're, if you're following me there. Lastly, if you've made it this far and you're enjoying the podcast, I would greatly appreciate a positive review on Spotify. Compared to Apple Podcasts, which you have to have an iPhone to leave a review for, anyone can leave a review on Spotify. Would greatly appreciate it there. Thanks. Be back soon with more 
episodes about military veterans thriving in their post-service career. Take care.